Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 254. In this episode, we talk about having a growth mindset, HubSpot child workflows, service hub forms, and Google Analytics 4. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast, where we discuss HubSpot tips, tricks and strategies for growing your sales, service, marketing, and now operations results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found, and with me is Craig Bailey from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? I'm really well, Ian. And let me ask you this. Do you have a growth mindset? I believe I do, Craig, but I think I can always improve and grow better. I I think you do. And as I mentioned last week, if you've been listening, I talked and I alluded to this idea of a growth mindset, and it's in a book called Mindset by Carol Dweck. We're going to chat about that a little bit in this episode. The book came out quite a while ago, I I think almost a decade ago, and it's been updated since then. There was an updated version in 2017. If you've read the original version, I do recommend getting the updated version. It has some important additions. If you haven't read it, then you must read this book. I think this is a book for everyone, and so much so that last week we we were having our Zen company update, our quarterly update, in fact, the start of a new financial year here in Australia, and kicking off and underpinning Zen's goals and growth for the next year, well, the next quarter, the next year, next couple of years, is this idea of a growth mindset. And it's so important, I feel, that we actually spent a fair bit of time in the company update chatting about that. Our company update, you know, we take the whole day off to review goals. So it's really important. Here's the thing. What is it? It's very simply a growth mindset is about believing people can develop their abilities. And you might think, well, of course, you know, I'm, I can get better at things. However, here's the thing. Think about some areas of your life where you don't think you can get better. Oh, I'm not very good at singing. I could never be a, a, a presenter on stage. I, oh, I'm not good at that. I'm not good at marketing. I'm not good at networking. I'm not good at whatever. If you find yourself saying those things, it's probably because you've got a mix of a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And a fixed mindset is this, this belief that you're born with talents and they can't necessarily improve. A growth mindset is, no, we can improve them through hard work. I'm, of course, summarizing a whole book into a few sentences. However, the point, I think, is that people will understand. We're going to chat about that later in the show, but here's the quick tip I just want to give everyone. This comes from the book, and I thought it was very helpful. It's very simple to change your mindset along the path to being a growth mindset by adding the word yet to the end of sentences. So, I'm not good at copywriting yet. Oh, I'm no good at networking yet. I'm not good at putting myself out there, Ian, yet. More on this in Shot 8. All right, on to our quick shots of the week, Craig, and here are a few quick items of interest. HubSpot has added a new attribution card on deals for highlighting or attributing the actions that lead to a deal being created. And why is this important, Craig? Well, I think it's another case of these incremental improvements. The reason we're calling it out, and we do mention it in Shot 4, is because it's just there on the right-hand bar in your deals, and you might highlight it or miss it, because I think it is... It is minimized, yeah. Yeah, so you need to expand it out. But the the reason it's important is because it's not showing you the attribution for how the contact was created. It's showing the attribution for what led that contact having a deal created. So it's separating those attribution journeys along the way. So this is why it's useful. You might have some campaigns, Facebook or LinkedIn, that drive a contact 
but then other campaigns may be retargeting or specific activities that drive a deal being created. That's right. And we'll look at more of this in shot four. And the other improvements are the Slack integration settings have been improved between Slack and HubSpot. Just one little caveat on that. You've actually got to disconnect your Slack channel and reconnect it for those to work. But yeah, we're constant improvement. All right. On to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week. And this week we talk about parent and child workflows. You know, I thought it was time to revisit this. We talk about this just about every six months, Ian, parent and child workflows. We talked about it most recently. I know why we're talking about this, Craig, because you looked at one of my workflows and you said exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think it's important. And, uh, you know, we last talked about this in episode 230, the sections there. I think it's worth repeating because yes. it's an advanced technique. It's a concept, by the way. It's a concept. It's not as though the HubSpot workflows have a tick box for child or parent. It's a concept that we apply and then implement in HubSpot. And the reason we're mentioning it is, of course, in uh, the later shot, which is our workflow action of the week, dun, 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 new shot that we started uh, last week. It's an advanced technique. And by the way, if I'm ever chatting with a client and I think they're sophisticated enough, I'll talk about parent-child workflows. If I don't with a client, it means I don't think they're yet at a level where it's useful for them. So it is advanced. Essentially, it's this idea of atomizing certain functions of activities that you'll apply or actions that you'll apply to a contact. And in particular, if you find yourself repeating actions, maybe you're branching stuff in workflows and then you're repeating the same actions, or perhaps there's a set of actions that you do for certain clients, ah, delay here, send an internal notification, then create a task, et cetera. And you're doing that in multiple different workflows and you tend to be repeating yourself create a separate workflow. We'll just refer to it as a child workflow and then call it from your other workflows, which we'll helpfully describe as parent workflows. And that's it in a nutshell. And I think you're absolutely right, Craig. When we make things more complicated or we're trying to do more complex things, breaking things up into little components that can be executed separately makes a massive difference. And this is why we talk about the child and the parent because it can be used across multiple areas. And so that's the benefit and keeps it clean and really make sure that you're getting the right outcome without jeopardizing the initial workflow. All right, onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. Deal creation attribution. Yeah, and uh, just expanding on what we touched on earlier, it's, uh, I've got a, a screenshot in here. I think this is nice. It's taken from one of our, our recent deals. You just get to see the content or the interactions that lead to a deal being created. I think this is nice. And HubSpot's really pushing this. This is a sales piece. And I know from conversations we had with clients last year, and in fact, one client that ended up going with Marketo, there was a key piece around this attribution around deals and opportunities that HubSpot couldn't really do at the time. And although they knew it was coming, they they couldn't wait. So they went with Marketo. I think this is exactly the kind of thing they were after. And in fact, HubSpot presents it so simply, you almost don't see the power in it. But in the screenshot, you'll see attribution model. You can switch between attribution models just there on the side of your deal, on the fly. It's quite powerful. The other thing you can do is you can actually spin that up into the custom report builder, which is becoming increasingly powerful. It's almost like every episode. It's almost like we need to have a custom report builder shot of the week in each episode, yes. Ian, because it's becoming pivotal. It's 
underlying all the dashboard changes, everything that's coming in, the cross-object reporting, it's very powerful. So listeners, with the deal creation attribution, there are things like someone visited a website page, they perhaps booked a meeting with you, and there might have been some other sort of, uh, what do I say, other contact creation as well? Yeah, you might have other stakeholders that enter the discussion and then that leads to a deal being created. Correct. And so there's contacts and there's interactions. And so between the two, you can really understand what is happening in a sales process and what are the interactions that are driving that uh, deal. All right, onto our HubSpot service feature of the week, Craig. Not finding what you're looking for, now you can add a support form on the knowledge base. This is one of the things that crept in as the knowledge base. Every, You know what? Everything gets better every week, doesn't it? And it's just little, little things. And as we were poking around today doing a, a portal review, we discovered this. And the ability to have this link to get feedback from people. And so there's a few steps you need to do. First, you need to obviously enable this. Firstly, create the support form that you want to capture the details in we would recommend creating a support, a specific support form for the knowledge base to collect that data. Don't try and use another form. Next, you can connect to an inbox that you want it to go into. And then you want to specify that in the settings in the knowledge base to collect that data. And one of the things you will notice if you subscribe to the show notes, we, you've got to have a ticket name and uh, the content of the ticket. So what we've done is we've had, we've pre-filled the ticket name, with, which says I did not find what I was looking for in the resource center or the knowledge base. And we've hidden that property. So that'll always just stay the same. And then we asked them what they were looking for that they couldn't find. So then we can add this to the knowledge base then submit their feedback. And you will find this under the customized templates within the knowledge base. And it's the global navigation bar. And that will help you greatly in growing your knowledge base articles, but also understanding what people are looking for. All right, onto our HubSpot workflow action of the week, Craig. All right. In shot three, we talked about parent and child workflows. We gave you a few minutes to just have that at the back of your mind while we chatted about sales and service hub. Now, I'm back to our HubSpot workflow action of the week. And it is very simple to implement this parent and child concept by using the workflow action that's called enroll in another workflow. Very handy. You can be in a workflow. Well, let's call it our parent workflow and then push the contact down to another workflow. Just enroll them in another workflow. Let's call that your child workflow. That's how easy it is. And I think that one of the tips I'll mention with this concept is all around naming. So in our portal, we'll actually name a workflow parent and then describe what it does and then child, describe what it does. So you can quickly, very easily see your child workflow that can be called from anywhere. Typically, a child workflow in our concept won't have any entry criteria because it's only entered by being enrolled from another workflow. So we have a whole bunch of uh, child workflows. So I'll just give you quick, quick examples. Some might be setting a lifecycle stage and some internal notifications to various people. So you might have various workflows set up for oh, different forms coming in or people coming in, and then just a bunch of common activities, like I mentioned, setting internal workflows, setting a lifecycle stage, updating some things. Just put all that in the child, and then all those parent workflows can then enroll a contact into that child as required. hope that makes sense. Let us know, and if you want further details on that, 
You should join the 28-day the marketing challenge where you can find out more. That's an excellent- And implement it. Excellent point. All right, on to the marketing tip of the week, Craig. How to reach out to agencies and others. And this came from uh, inquiries we often get and what it invokes in us, I guess, how we would treat others and how we would like to be treated, isn't it, Craig? Yeah, so let's get a bit of context to this because one of our listeners, we won't mention them by name, but thank you for coming back. I think to you, Ian, they'd reached out to you, filled in a form, they hadn't heard from you, and then they wrote you a nice long email saying, you know, um, didn't hear from you and here's some details. And I I thought it was really nice they followed up and you actually gave them a call and had a good chat with them. I did. Here's the thing though, and this is not to be defensive of us or to appear overly critical, but when you check their email, and I've had this tons of times, they weren't specific. So I haven't actually seen how they inquired for you, but I, I suspect it's similar to the one I've got in the show notes. And on our inquiry form, we've got, you know, what, what are your details? What would you like to mention? What's your requirements? And they've just done a cut and paste. So it says, hi, sir, madam. And they've just pasted in, you know, we need this, send us your pricing, let me know. And so when I get those emails and there's a screenshot in the show notes of this, I just never respond. I just ignore them. And the reason is because I know that they haven't made any attempt to work out whether we're a fit for them. The thing I do do in some cases, because there's tracking, I go and look at their contact record. I can see their timeline. What have they done? And normally it's hit the homepage, contact us, filled form, and they're gone. So I know all they're doing is contacting I don't know, 10, 20 different agencies, copy and paste. They've probably got us from Clutch or some other site that sends a whole lot of spam inquiries. They've just come on. They have done no research to see whether we're a fit. They're actually just mostly going to waste our time. Now, of course, we might miss out on one that turns out to be fantastic, but like most small agencies, we're time poor. We don't, you know, in our agency, we don't have a sales team. Maybe when we're larger and we have a sales team, they'll be right on it and actually replying to all of those. But at the moment, we can't. And I'd suggest to listeners that most smaller, good agencies at the moment, they're overwhelmed with work. And these kind of inquiries, when it's just like very transactional, there's no sense if here I want to build a relationship or partner with an agency, they're not going to get a good response. So here's the tip. If you're a company and you're looking for an agency... When you do this outreach and you're looking for agencies, view their site. When you fill out the form, if you know the people, especially if you've been referred or you've looked at them, you looked around, try to personalize it a bit. Don't just copy and paste. Talk about your needs and what you're looking for. Don't just ask, send me a price list because you're not going to get good quality responses. In fact, if that's all you're after, the responses you're probably going to get are from companies that just work to a budget. They're not actually working to your outcomes. They're probably not going to be a good fit. So therefore, the quality that you'll get. And so think about this. If you've just done these cut and paste inquiries, and then you've actually not got many responses, there's probably a lesson for you there. And so the tip is be personalized, look for a partner to work with, explain your situation and start a conversation, not a transaction. Well said, Craig. And I think this is one of the things we often look for is not only do we love working with the businesses that we partner with, we have relationships beyond our work in understanding who we're working with and understanding how they operate. And that's what we also love when we work with others. It's uh, not just the work component. And so we're looking for a great fit in that sense. Like, do they have the same values and culture 
as we aspire to have. And so that's a really big thing when we talk to people is understanding who they are as people aside from their business. Actually, I just want to make one other comment. If you go to the effort of putting in your details and personalizing and talking with them, even if that agency is not a fit, because you've put the effort in, they probably will respond. And I know this because I do. We've had a number of inquiries where right away I can tell, oh, look, we're not a fit. We're a different industry and that. But because they've taken the time to start a conversation and they're looking for a partner, I actually respond to them and I recommend them to other agencies. I was looking through HubSpot and there's in the last 12 months, there's more than 20 leads that have come in where I know we're not a fit and I've actually responded and in some cases given them a phone call and recommended another agency. And you know of one, Ian, where it was a massive project, like this was a big uh, high um, ticket and I said, look, we're not the fit. And I recommended another agency for them who they subsequently went with. By the way, that agency sent me a bottle of wine. <laughs> I didn't tell you that, Ian. But yeah, so what I'm saying is work with agencies, reach out, put the effort in. Don't just copy and paste and you know shotgun it out and you will be looked after. And that's right. It's not very hard to find out who people are. And I think take that little extra effort to go through that process because I think you will discover who you would like to work with in the process as well. All right, on to that. Having a, the insight of the week is having a growth mindset, Craig. And we discussed this in shot one, and we're going to build out on this for further. Yes. Shot one was setting the context. Shot eight, we're just chatting about specific to marketing. It's just a quick point to make, which is if you're working in marketing, then you know how quickly things change. So the fact that you're still in marketing after many years is probably a good sign that you actually have a growth mindset. You can adapt, change, you can learn new skills. And so, whether you're still here in five, another five years' time will depend on whether you keep that growth mindset approach coming. Here's the thing and the takeaway I want to make. A growth mindset is not a competitive advantage. So this is not a suggestion to, oh, here's something to get ahead. It's actually a warning because if you don't have a growth mindset, you're quickly going to become irrelevant and you won't be here much longer. I hope that's not too dark a response. Or a and, and so what we want to talk about is that it starts with us personally, right? And it continues a part of our company culture, which you've just talked about. And I wanted to refer people back to episode 100, where we interviewed Brian Halligan, who is one of the co-founders of HubSpot. And he mentions he looks at people with a learn-it-all attitude and not a know-it-all attitude. And I thought that is so fitting in terms of we need to have that right attitude for ourselves and for our businesses, And so, in marketing, because like you said, everything changes so quickly, do we have a learn-it-all attitude and are we prepared to take the steps to keep learning? Because I know that as you progress in your career and you get older and wiser, sometimes it can seem hard of like, oh, I've got to do another bit of training. I've got to get this certification. This is all a bit too hard. But are we continually challenging ourselves and surrounding ourselves with people that help us keep that learn-it-all attitude. So I would challenge all of our listeners to think about what have they done just in the last 90 days? Have they done any training? Have they upgraded their thinking? Have they learned something new about ads? So for one, an example is we have just done a whole bunch of training about Google ads. It was something I did and then I've given it to my team and I've said, you need to do this. And what's interesting It took my team a little bit of while to get to it. Now, I've done the whole six modules of the training, 
And I've picked up so much out of that that I'm going, okay, I can go implement this in that account or we can do this because we review ads every week or very often. And so we can't really think, well, what can we do that's different or how can we change the ad copy? So I was thinking to myself, we're in this stage here. For those of you that don't know, the business conditions have changed a little bit this week in Australia. And so I'm thinking, well, how can we change the ads in our ad accounts of people that we're working with? Because some people have a lot more time right now. How can we change the ads to invoke a thought that gets them to inquire, that gets them to have a conversation with one of our clients? And I thought, that's what we're after. We're after something a bit different. And just doing that training helped us just come to that conclusion and develop that thought about how can we do it better. And that's what I love about it. All right. What was our Hubshots throwback of the week, Craig? So perfect. A year ago, HubSpot was introducing this wait until delays, which you chatted about last weekend. And how good is that? And along with that, they also released a lot of stuff to do with sales. So they gave the ability to edit meeting link permissions, bulk unenroll sequences, sequence delay updates, the delay sequences from executing, and the ability to create tasks in Gmail. And I just think all of these little things, the amount of time that it's saved us and our customers and everybody that uses HubSpot is massive. It's just just those 1% things every month that, that keep getting better. And I think this is a pretty significant time a year ago when we saw all of these things roll out. So, well done. Now, onto our resource of the week, and we talked about Google Analytics 4. If you've got no idea about it, there's a great resource in the show notes. Go and watch the video from Benjamin Mangold. And just a little background. Benjamin, when we learn about Google Ads and we get certified, we've actually been to the trainings where he actually teaches us, and then we sit the exam at the end of the day. And he's a great teacher. And so we've been, Craig and myself, have been following him for a number of years and have done much of his training even today. And so that's why we're sharing this resource with you so you can be up to speed with Google Analytics 4. I want to call Benjamin Mangold a friend of the show. Yes. Because we've mentioned him so many times on the show. I'm sure he's got no idea who we are, but (laughs) I'm just going to say friend of the show, Benjamin Mangold, because, yeah, we love him. He's a fellow Aussie. We love him. So I think the big thing is people are probably wondering, you've got Google Analytics running on your site. Do I need to switch to Google Analytics 4? And the question is, no, you don't have to, right, Craig? You can run it in parallel with your current Google Analytics and it's worth- You definitely should run it in parallel. That's right. And so you should also look at setting it up to make sure you're collecting the data. So often when we're talking about setting up your tracking and understanding what's going on, even with a Facebook pixel or your other data pixels that you're trying to collect data with, is even if you don't use it now, set it up so you've got the ability to use it later. And this is one of those things that you should be thinking about asking the questions to set it up now so you can get the right data in so you can utilize it later. All right, our quote of the week, Craig, and this is a book I've been listening to and loving it by Ryan Serhant. And he says, every day you have 1,440 minutes. Minutes are your dollars. Invest your time wisely. And if you think about that, we all have the same amount of time. And I loved how he talked about it in terms of understanding. It's a resource that everybody on this earth has. It doesn't change. No one has more or no one has less. We all have the same amount of time. It's what we choose to do with it and how we invest it that makes the difference in our businesses and in our in our lives. Yeah, I think there's another good quote I've heard um, recently. Well, 
uh, reminded of recently. It's this, the poor um, spend time to make money, the rich spend money to get time. And it's when that switches over from you working for money versus working for time. Yeah, time's the only thing you can't replace. All right, on our bonus link of the week, and maybe we should call Brian Dean a friend of the show too, Craig. That's <laughs> right. And this is how to scale content creation, and it's his new step-by-step guide that he's got. Oh, I haven't read this one. Is this? Oh, it's a backlinker. It's it's very good. I've been, I mean, I've browsed through it. But oh, I remember this one. Yep, yep, yep. Correct. I've read this, yeah. But I wanted to share this with people because people often are probably, especially in Australia, we're starting a new financial year. People are resetting their goals and they are probably thinking about, well, what do I need to do? So, one of the things we've discovered and we've taken people back to is the SEO tool in HubSpot and about topics. What are we going to target? What do you want to be known for? So, what is the goal? If you want to be known for something, are we creating content around that topic to be found? And so, this is a great piece of content that tells uh, tells us how to create there's a process, how to create the content, how to leverage the content and what to do with it. And so it's really well written. And you can see that in that step-by-step guide. Listeners, I hope you've enjoyed the show. If you've got any feedback, please connect with Craig or myself. If you get the email updates every week, you can simply reply back to that and Craig will get back to you and copy me in on it. If you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, please do. Please send me a note. I love hearing from listeners. And thank you to the listeners who have connected with me over the last week. I have greatly enjoyed talking to you and just connecting. We always get encouraged by people that say that they listen and they get value out of this. So, thank you so much, and we shall see you all next week. See you, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there. Thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips, and marketing resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.